I'm feeling kind of fragile today. Yeah? Just generally not great. Why is that? <laughs> well, clearly we're very low energy, so this is going to be a fantastic episode. But uh, just, you know, run down. Uh, just, you know, getting bad news left and right. And just feeling, I don't know. I need to, at least in this segment, this beginning segment, I need to feel good about something. Sure. You need to renew your electrolytes and feel energized. Yeah. Are you going to sell me something? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, I'm not going to sell you anything. Oh, okay. Well, so I wanted to talk about... The good news that, uh, you know, Veruca Salt is back together. Oh, they're back, again, again? They've been back together for a little while. But just, you know, I mean, they're such a weird band because yeah. I think that they're so talented. I think that, like, their debut album was like 94, or like 93 or 94. Yeah, something like that. And somehow coming in at 93 or 94, I think they came too late for grunge. Oh, Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. grunge was would last, you know, throughout most of the '90s. But yeah. I just think that like if they had been right there at the top with you know swap them for that dog, like they would be who we talk about along with Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Jane's Addiction, or yeah, whatever. Like, sure. Yeah. But I mean, I think they just came a little too late and were had this real like kind of grassroots following. And they charted a couple times, and then yeah. you know they had their. I think their second album is um, almost as good as their first. I do too. And yet got horrible reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, like only one of the singles charted, and it was the one that was just you know see their part two. Right. And so you know that kind of like pressure on. Um, and sure, there's two girls, two guys in the band, but like the girls that are the leaders of the band, basically. Right. Uh, and co-songwriters and vocalists, um, also just feeling pressure being females in the music industry. Um, kind of starting to tear at each other and yep. you know it, the band kind of breaks up uh one person goes off to do her own thing the other one like continues with an entirely new roster to try to do Veruca Salt still it's still calling it but Veruca it's Salt. all weird and bitter and yeah <laughs> just, like yeah. going after Nina and uh you know well somebody's got a platform so there you go and then like just they didn't and I was reading this article about like them getting back together um and just talking about they don't get into specifics but it was just Everything that I said, it was just, we didn't know what to do with ourselves. We felt like we weren't, you know, getting what we wanted out of it. We were young. We started to sort of tear at each other. Yeah. And, and it it's just so random. It's basically like the nostalgia wave that I criticize uh, pretty much continually on this show and might end up doing it later on this show as well. Uh, it brought them back because they had started to get into contact again. And I think they had both become moms at this point and had, were older, had more perspective. Yeah. And they heard about, I think, like, Mazzy Star or something like that getting back together and playing at Coachella. Sure. And it's easy to look at it as, like, dollar signs, but it's also just, I think they were just like, do, do you want to get together and, like, play some music? Like, why don't we just do that? Why are we right. not doing that? Right, And they did that, and then they got the other two guys back, and then, you know, they're off to the races. Yeah. And their new stuff isn't great, but, you know, they're <laughs> they're together. So They're, they're playing. Well, Nobody we... wants to hear uh, a Riot girl sing about uh, feeding her baby. Mm, probably not. <laughs> Although I'm sure Beyonce has made it work somehow. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know, but probably. Um, then you got uh, garbage who have never broken up. Uh, yes. But also same thing. Nobody wants to hear. 
Yeah, Shirley Manson sing about how much she loves her daughter. They haven't really stayed um, <laughs> as relevant as I think they would have liked. It's a young woman's game. It it is, um, and you know, like with garbage too. Like their their earlier stuff is way better than some of their their later stuff. Well, like, it's like they grew as a as a their sound grew, but it was like no, put it put it back in the in the pot. Right. Turn the tree into a sapling again. Right, right. Uh, I we want, her we mad. want the sound to be right here, not yeah. over there. I want to. I want her to be singing about how she's angry at a guy <laughs> that she's having sex with while she's having sex with him. Right. Like, like this is complicated. Right. Uh, tears in this song, but uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and then you know it gets more sophisticated, and it's like eh, okay, well there you go. It's not somehow it's not as good. Like I heard somebody say with like. Like regards to Weezer, for example, mm-hmm. that like Rivers Cuomo, once he wasn't depressed anymore, then the music wasn't as good, which is just like, that's just, that's upsetting in well, and of itself. Let, uh, let's take like 30 seconds and because, I mean, apparently we're opening this by talking about 90s bands yeah. in order to feel better, I guess. I guess. But, uh, we all know what happened there. Yeah, I, I know. Um, he, uh, he... Revealed that he was a hebophile to the world. <laughs> no, he took, you know, he took a chance on an album that at the time was a flop and everybody was like, what? Yeah. Uh, except for me. And then now it's like back on as it's one of the best, one albums. of the crowning jewels of, it's not even grunge at that point, alternative, no. I don't know. Yeah. One of the crowning jewels of like late 90s uh, pop music. But it was too late. He got yes. the message. And he went in a completely different direction. Don't do direction. that. Yeah. yeah. Do uh, Brian Wilson covers or whatever he's doing now. Right. Right. Um, so I... And, and they used to be my favorite band, but, you know... But, they, yeah. But they're all one-trick ponies, though, aren't they? Yeah, We kind of get tired of the trick. You yeah. can't do the trick over and over again. What, what The reason the Beatles... And all the Stones, let's say, you know, they, they can do a lot of different things and their sound evolves. And even when they're doing things and you're going, I don't know if I like this as much as the other thing, it's still got musicality. And they went outside of their comfort zone mm-hmm. and their uh, realm of experience and found, oh, we're really good at this, too. Right. Whereas when um, Shirley Manson... Uh, decides to sing about like her daughter <laughs> instead of her lover. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's sweet, but it it ain't really a banger. No, no. Where 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 is the edgy gal that we all love? Right, but that's the one trick. Yeah, I know. So if you can't, you know, sing um, three chord songs about whatever, like Green Day pulled the trick of not only being like drunk all the time, uh, Billy, but they pulled the trick of like, well, we're like also doing musicals and we're, we represent something you're always going to remember dookie or whatever but we're also doing this and it's not as good as dookie but you want like six albums of just three yeah chords for six albums i know i saw something recently that uh green day is actually going on tour with weezer and fallout boy which is like yeah it's the most amazing tour of the last week of 1999. And somebody said, oh, emo's back, baby. Um, The only one I would call emo out of those three would be Fall Out Boy. Maybe that's just me. Weezer and Green Day. Well, Green Day's emo. You think so? Um, so well, I guess it. he's got the eyeliner. Well, yeah, and he's wearing a tie. But like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. Yep, yep. We have a friend and label mate who's in an emo band. Yes. So, uh, I like emo personally. I don't know a lot about it, but uh, you, know, you do like it? Yeah. 
Well, I love right, stand uh, for it right pa- now. Panic at the disco. Yeah, I love that's panic. So performative though, isn't? I it? know it is. <laughs> that's not that, that's not like shoe top. You know what I mean? That's they're they're really going for it. Yeah, they are. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, wow, I feel better now. Yay. Okay, yay. Yeah. Um don't feel quite as bad, although the uh, circumstances haven't really changed. Uh it's the Just Enough Trope Podcast. I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Ikan Hana. And we're here to report some good news and some bad news. And the bad news uh comes first. The bad news that we've gotten is that uh Aaron Eisenberg, who's the star of DS9, played Nog on DS9, yes. uh, has passed away uh, at the age of fifty. Way too young. Which, yeah, was unexpected. I know that he had struggled um, with some health health issues over the years. Mm-hmm. And I got the note last night that he was going to the hospital. And it's one of those things where you go, oh, well, that's, oh, I hope he feels better. That's too bad. Right. And then, you know, boom, turn around uh, here at midnight that he has passed away. Yeah. That's, it's, it's really upsetting. It was just far too young. And like you said, I guess he's had like, not one, but two kidney transplants. So yeah, um, we don't we don't know what the cause of death is. Although I guess um, it's probably that yeah. would be my guess related to his health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's really sad. Um, Melissa uh, is his wife. Um, of they've been together for like five years, five six years, and they just got married um, last year, I think. Yeah, they did. Um, and she would had always been somebody who was welcomed into like the con circuit and community and was always with him and just seemed like a real, I mean, is a real nice person mm-hmm. and has this really touching post, you know, yeah. on, on Instagram or whatever. And so, yeah, uh, there is a, um, a crowdfunding thing, like a GoFundMe um, to help with medical expenses and things like that. So um, definitely look that up if you want to contribute. I was thinking about this. I don't want to. I want to f- keep the focus on Aaron, on the man. Yeah. Um, but you do have to think about the larger picture a little bit. And it's strange that this is the first guy to pass away from the main cast of any of the new shows. That's true. Right? Yeah. I, I, think, that, you're, right? I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. This is the first one that we've lost, Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. We might have canceled some of them, but... No, <laughs> no Nobody's I, looking to see what I, Robert I think, Beltran's up to. No, you're absolutely right. And one thing I think that we talked about with uh, the return of uh, Picard is that it would be a shame if none of the other TNG staff, or staff, TNG cast came back because they're all still around. Yeah. So, um, and well, we, we know yeah. that they are. Some of them are. Yeah. I don't know... Uh, in my book, uh, maybe this will be a call to action for the people producing these shows to take uh, advantage of that fact that we have been blessed to have so many of them with us for so long. Right. And just get them in there. Let's get that spy show, that uh, Bashir spy show that I was pitching on some <laughs> other episode. We're talking about Star Trek, but what are you going to do? Right. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's... Uh, he did get to be a part of um, the the documentary. I know, and so. if you've seen the documentary, they pitched this uh, the eighth season yes, of the show you're right, you're right. that he has like he would have had a um, a pivotal part in. Now it yes. was never like going to happen for sure or right. really at all, but it just made you think, as, along with Picard and the announcement of all these things. Why aren't we doing things with these people? They're right. all still working. They're better than they've ever been as actors. They're all just sitting around like, let's do it. Right. 
you, you can have, and they're doing, they are doing it. It's called Picard, but you can have people complain. I don't know who this guy, girl, the guy's name is and Star Trek Discovery, or whatever. Right. Like, All right. You want to see uh, old men in space? What was that uh, <laughs> movie called? Uh, are you talking about Space Cowboys? That's the one. Space Cowboys. See you. See you, Space Cowboy. <laughs> You're not going to come home. Uh, what if David Bowie? Oh, boy. I don't think I can do this. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, you know, he wrote a sequel to uh, Space Oddity. Oh, did he really? Well, yeah. I mean, Ashes to Ashes is like a sequel to Space Oddity. Okay. So maybe if he, uh, after Black Star, he might have done like a a third song for the trilogy. Yeah. About how how Major Tom's cleaned up now. And he's back. (laughs) And he's real Republican. Oh, my God. Is he? Was he really? Major Tom? Oh, Insofar thinking... as he is a fake person in this fake scenario that I'm currently okay, leaving. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's a Republican. Okay, all right. <laughs> so we're both a little down today. I guess so. I can see. Uh, well, I don't know if this is uh, going to help, but it absolutely will, I think. We, we're we going to return to the majesty, the pageantry of one Downton Abbey. Yes. The motion picture. da 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 friend of mine called it Downton Abbey the motion picture and I'm like there's no eight minute scene where they just drive around the house and just look at it while horns no, play no and they look at each other like yeah mm, yeah looks good <laughs> yeah sure does but yeah there is a Downton Abbey movie for God's sake and yes. we've seen it and it itself is a bit melancholy but also celebratory yes at the same time mm-hmm. and that is our feature today we're talking about that we got another couple things we're kicking around uh, the Emmys are today yes. uh, or tonight I should say when we're recording this so we don't have any um, winners for you but I thought we would as a couple of Emmy know nothings we would look over some of the nominations and give our predictions uh, okay yeah yeah sure and we'll put it uh, the podcast in a sealed envelope and (laughs) mail it to ourselves mail it to ourselves (laughs) and then you'll know that we didn't cheat but some of our ideas about that um also i want to talk a little bit i guess we do it now uh, before we go into the news sure about the ending of legion oh yeah um, so, oh, you're ready to go. No, so yeah, just, go ahead. No, just real fast for the listener. Um, I don't know. Uh, five minutes of possible, well, total Legion spoilers for season three. Yeah. Um, it's kind of actually positive. Like, I didn't think it was going to be positive because it's kind of a depressing show by and large. It, but I I think it is. It, it's kind of it gives them like a second chance, and uh, but we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, if you're going to spoil characters. it, then then let people know what you're talking okay. about. Okay. So at the end of the uh, third season, yes, um, David, uh, the, the titular Legion, yeah. has gone back in time uh, in a plot similar to a plot from the comics, but not the same. It's basically the literal opposite of what happens in that plot. He goes back in time to try to change his. History to erase the bad things that he's done. Yeah. Also, just erase the factors that made him um, who he was. Who he was yeah. uh, in this case, a bad person, and also a bunch of people have died who will never die. If it's one of those, you know, causality things. Right. Like, if we can erase this, then. Um. So he basically he finds his dad as he has met uh, Farouk. Um. Who is the Shadow King? Oh, not the wrestler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the acolytes are coming in. So, but then like old Farouk shows up too. <laughs> that and, is the wrestler. Yeah, and like, like they're both going to fight. They're going to fight each other or whatever. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Okay. So. 
Ba- basically, old Farouk makes a deal with Xavier. This is once David's again what dad. happened and not what it's about. Um, Let me tell you what I okay. think it's about. All right. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Oh, okay. This show set out from the beginning, I think. Okay, so so there's this one particular reviewer that I hate read. Uh, it's the guy who... So they had a huge brain drain at AV Club and like nobody okay. there can hold a candle to the Nathan Rabins or the Tasha Robinsons uh, and many others of old. But this guy is so happy to wax uh, purple prosetic uh, on and on about all kinds of stuff. But then when the show does something he didn't expect, he flips out and says that it sucks. So he didn't like the, you know, the things that happened in the last episode of the second season. And I admit they are rough things. Yes. But this is a show about a character who is not well well yes mentally and it was never supposed to be a hero this isn't like having captain america say hail hydra uh and not in a fun way uh like in the comics um so so he got all mad about that and then he just all he did was make predictions in every like season three episode one well i don't think they're gonna blah 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 the next episode they do exactly what he didn't think that they could do. do and they kept doing what their plan was and what they wanted to do. And eventually his reviews just turned into a big nothing at the end because he's just like, yeah, I didn't like it. Well, I'll tell you why I don't like it. I don't like it because I think that they completed it um, in a way that seems to me that they always wanted to. And I think that's fine. I think it's an interesting treatise to take a person with powers um, and depict them as not a hero. You know, he's not a hero. However, it also seemed to be trying to say something about uh, mental illness, um, the way that people with mental illness uh, are treated by others, the way they treat themselves. Um, because once they get the Shadow King out of his head, mm-hmm. you go, oh, well, he wasn't schizophrenic. He had telepathic voices in his head. Right. It's like, mm, but it couldn't be both. Yeah. You know it what I mean? Absolutely be both. Yeah, because he's not perfect once Shadow King's gone. And even no. if you say, all right, he's schizophrenia by way of Shadow King infestation well he's still schizophrenic this is a world uh like all drama and fiction where things stand in for and represent other things Mm -hmm. and and metaphors and so they just drop that and i'm fine with him going bad especially because it brought the sydney character to the fore and she became much more interesting and basically the hero of the show Mm -hmm. but when he succeeds at the end and we erase everything it's not it's like he gets off the hook. He never yeah. finds a path to wellness if one exists. It's just let's knock the board over and start again. Only it won't be us starting. It'll be somebody else. And I was like, what? It's not your job to send a message show, but you had built up so much significance and you had said such, I think, interesting, true things for you to do one of these time reset plots and just let it play out feels cheap and mm-hmm. um abrupt shortened truncated yeah, right unlike the mcu which says and i think they were brave for doing this we want to change what happened but if we do you, we lose you've been watching these movies for 11 years right you, you following you don't want these characters to be different characters right you want to follow them yes and so you know in their sort of view of time travel or whatever you can change something but it won't change your past at all mm-hmm. um it'll just create a new timeline like present nebula can kill past nebula and then she'll still be there so there's some timeline where thanos was laying 
waste to the galaxy and he just disappeared one day and nobody knew what happened to him. Right. Which yeah. was good. We also helped that universe too, I guess. I guess. Got rid of Thanos for you. Yeah. But I mean, I guess what you're saying, you know, too, is like, what are they trying to say about mental health? And and are they saying anything positive about it? Like, like you know, most people who suffer from 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 uh you know various ailments with 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 mental health it's not as if you can go back in time and just take that thing out of your head there's no easy fix no there's no easy fix you have to learn how to deal with it you have to learn how to adapt and And david never had to deal with what he did he he basically just at the very end when his the person that he wronged had had multiple sort of uh nirvana realization level has become like this sort of super person she had to (laughs) wow now i really hate the show she had to become so enlightened that she could forgive him for doing it and all he had to do was go sorry and you all disappear anyway i know Let's stop talking about it. Okay. <laughs> Talk about the news. We never even tried to tackle the Shane Gillis story. Uh, and now we'll never have to. Okay. <laughs> so thank God for that. I don't... Is the Shane Gillis story the other... Um, was another story about uh, Legion? Like in the <laughs> comics? Yes. Yes. Uh, Legion meets... This untalented, hacky uh, comedy writer and comedian. And the best uh, stuff this guy's got is uh, the C word for Asians. That's all he's got. Okay. And so in their universe, SNL decides to hire this guy. At the same time, they hire their first Asian cast member. All right. All right. Now I know. Then Legion's hair stands on end and he (laughs) hits him with mind bullets. That's telekinesis, Kyle. And that guy's gone. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now I understand where we are. Sam Esmail, the creator of Mr. Robot, is going to create a Battlestar Galactica show for the aforementioned Peacock Network. You yes. You got P and Cock in there. I know. You beat Dick Van Dyke <laughs> in terms of uh, questionable name choices. Um, I am not super excited about this. I know it's not going to be a remake. Like it's no, going to be a is, spin-off? Yeah, the first, yeah, the first um, sort of news about it was reboot because uh, that's just how we sort of understand these things. Right. But he specifically came out and said, no, it's not a reboot. It's like a, no, it's not a sequel either. We're telling like another story in this universe. Right. And I'm like, okay, but how, how soon until it becomes a reboot? Right. Right. And, and I, I think. Young, sexy Adama. Well, and I think. Right. Where's Isai Morales? What's he up to? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I. Caprica has been thrown around a little bit too. Like, will it be like a prequel or something like that? Will it, you know, go oh, off of Is Caprica? Caprica even canon? I don't know if it is. Yeah. That is a really good question. I don't know either. Um, I enjoyed Caprica more than I thought I would, but it's yeah. not great. So yeah. um, it's kind of weak. It's funny when you know that Ron D. Moore is, I don't know now, but I know at the time and growing up, like he's an unrepentant smoker. Oh, I didn't he's like one of that. those guys. It's like, look, I like whiskey and I like cigarettes and sometimes cigars. And you get your vapes or your, you know, health nut, nuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I smoke. Mm-hmm. And so it's once you know that all the characters smoking all the time is makes a lot more sense. I see. Okay. 
there's just like scenes and scenes of because Eric Stoltz and Isai Morales' characters become like friends. You know, the computer guy and Adama's dad become like friends. Right. And they're bonding over their kid's death. And they go to a cafe and just smoke cigarette after cigarette. It's like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, How do you feel about this? Ugh, I, I don't know. I don't like Mr. Robot, but I, I don't. It's just because I, I just don't like the show. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, Sam Esmail is like a kid in a candy store, which, you know, can be good and bad. First, you get to eat a lot of Sour Patch Kids. Then you're throwing up on the floor. And yeah. Mr. Robot, to me, had some great episodes. It also had some clearly, you really want to push the, do some crazy, man. Like the, like the episode where he takes the methadone or whatever, and he's tripping out when they have to go do the hack job on the defense building or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is a dream sequence. And it's like... You think that you're blowing our minds, but I've seen so many dream sequences. Yeah. I know that you are you don't have enough plot to fill like this whole thing. Plus there's a huge reveal that you have to save for the end of the first season. Right. And so you're just marking time here. Plus it's like it feels oh, it's so edgy. Like what there's the the CEO or the head of the company that he works for or, or used to work for or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like that guy, he and his wife have like a crazy SNM relationship. And then also he's trying to like, I need to get some information. So I'm just going to plow this other dude. And it's like, were you bisexual before? Or are I you know, right? so sociopathic? And it's like, I'm going to be gay for this mission. And what? Yeah, right. And, and what is the show trying to say? Yeah, here? what is all this? Although yeah. it did do one thing, though. It taught me not to play CDs that you buy from people on the street. I bought a CD yeah, yeah, yeah. from a guy who was nice, but a little pushy uh, when I went to Emerald City Comic Con a couple yes, of years ago. I remember that. And I thought, you know, I don't know. This could be good. I could try this out. And I never got around to it. And then I saw the first season of Mr. Robot when the girl who, what's the relationship? He likes her, but she's dating this other guy, right? I don't even remember. And she, remember yeah. This. And he plays the CD on his laptop and that gives right. the hacker like the way in to get all their stuff. And right. I do not have that CD anymore. <laughs> I threw it out. So we'll see. Not a lot of uh, luck on Battlestar Galactica spinoffs. They've tried and tried. But now that the peacock is up, oh my gosh. maybe we're going to make it happen. I don't know. I'm not really looking forward to it, to be perfectly honest. Speaking of Legion, uh, Legion writer Jennifer Yale is going to adapt Chuck Palahniuk's Invisible Monsters for TV. Okay. Uh, I don't know anything about this. Maybe we uh, shouldn't. Do you? Talk about it then. Oh, okay. Chuck Palahniuk, most probably famous as the writer of Fight Club. Right. And the Fight Club comics, mm -hmm. which suck. And he wrote oh. because <laughs> his uh, business manager stole all his money and he had to, <laughs> he Are you had to write them. Well, I'm sure he's like doing his best, but everybody was kind of like, oh, Fight Club 2, huh? Okay. Isn't the, didn't you tell that story? Yeah. Isn't that story kind of done? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, and then it came out that, yeah, his business manager, like, screwed him over and stole all his money. So it's like he kind of has to write these things. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, um, he also wrote Choke, yes. which was, yeah, uh, which was, was turned into a 2008 movie yeah, directed by Clark Gregg. Was it really? Yes, it was. That is so weird. Clark Gregg, did he wrote What Lies Beneath, too, didn't he? I think you're right. Yeah. So random. Um. Didn't realize that he was a writer. Multi-hyphenate, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Got a robot hand. It's awesome. In uh, a move surprising no one, Amazon uh, will shoot its Lord of the Rings series in New Zealand. 
What were they going to do? Ah, What were they going to do? I know. Right. Nobody's surprised by this. (laughs) What I want to know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Because... The series or that they're shooting it in New Zealand? New Zealand. Well, Um, both, but this, in this case, New Zealand. um, I think it's a good thing. I think it, you know, um, supposedly the, the... Films being shot in New Zealand was really good for tourism for them. Yes and no. Yes and Uh, no? I think they ended up employing like a quarter of the nation or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. uh, For the first films. Uh, Lindsay Ellis has a great series of videos about the effect of making those movies on the local businesses there. And the effect was not all positive. Oh, okay. Yes. Was it was it a strain on some of them or There was a lot of like yeah, there's a lot of like oh, I guess we don't have to pay for that, right? You just want to help out, right? This isn't like oh, great. Yeah, a lot of volunteer that's, work and yeah, anyway. That's not positive. Puggy Brewster. Saved by the Bell and Puggy Brewster are coming to Peacock. Peacock No, I didn't NBC use streaming service. Just call it NBCU. Yeah, right? Yeah. That sounds better. Than Saved Peacock. by the Bell and Puggy Brewster. Uh, Soleil Moon Fry will return to Punky Brewster, uh, Mario Lopez, and uh, the other one. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Uh, the actress who plays Jesse. Yeah. yeah. Jesse ma- Spano. I know. I can't. I, I know. What's her name? <laughs> Elizabeth Berkeley. Okay. Are I both didn't know returning. Her, her Mark at- Paul Gosseler found out on Twitter. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They don't. Not interested in that. Don't want him. Wow. Okay. Now, you could look at it as he is on, um, what is he on? He's on some other show. Okay. Um, that's on like CBS or something like that. He could like make time. It's to, like... not about time. It's about a network not wanting another network star yeah. to be in their show. Okay. So Slater and Jesse will be the administrators of a school, yada, yada, yada. You've already written it in your head. Is Mr. Belling coming back? Is he alive? I think he's still alive. Yeah. Is he me too? Uh, I don't think so. We should I certainly hope not. Well, let's not count our headshots <laughs> before they get cast. Okay. Uh, what else is going on here? Uh, Lisa Simpson. Hold on. Uh huh. Hold on. Lisa Simpson. Yes. Has been tapped as the new head of talent at Fox Entertainment. Lisa Simpson. What? Is not the character of Lisa Simpson. <laughs> oh, okay. I was super Lisa confused. Simpson. Yeah. Uh, will be the senior vice president of talent relations at Fox. Okay. And she's been around in Hollywood uh, for a while. She worked uh, on special projects for Entertainment Weekly, uh, InStyle, and People. Um, so basically, she did not do casting. I don't know. Huh. Or <laughs> talent relations or casting. Yeah. I don't know who she knows or if they're just like, hmm, look at all these applicants. Ha, ha, ha. There you go. We're just going to pick you. What? Bart didn't show up today? Yeah. (laughs) All right. You're in. Oh, man. I I love the fact. Well, first of all, don't they need this? Doesn't Fox need a lot of help doing all kinds of stuff? Uh, Yes. But why are they even hiring anybody at all? I know that some parts of it will be run as Fox still. Mm -hmm. um, Just like a studio, you know, division under the Disney label. But. Right. Why are they even doing this? I have no idea why they're hiring. This must be evidence that. And we've talked about this before. Marvel, much of their strength is in casting, mm-hmm. but they must be unwilling to take on any new stuff. Like they do good work, but they sure. must do hard work. Yeah. Right. I Didn't I say the other day, help me, remind me why I said that Marvel was the funeral crashers of casting. Oh. That's the punchline. Um, now write a joke. 
uh, were you talking about like getting actors as they were on the downswing <laughs> of their careers instead of the upswing? Yes, that's Is what that it was. what it was? That's what it was. Okay. But it's not entirely fair because once you win an Oscar, you don't know that you'll never be in a good movie ever again. No, you don't. You think top of the world, Ma. Yeah, this and, is just the beginning. Yeah, and then like name a good movie that's not Marvel that Benedict Cumberbatch has been in since The Imitation Game. Yeah, I can't. Do and the imitation game wasn't a good movie. No, it so, wasn't. Yeah, people thought so it was. Marvel but... comes in and they're like, "Hey, what's going on? Yeah, mom, get that meatloaf." <laughs> uh, that's what it was. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, the craft. Everything is rebooted these days. The craft has a cast now. Okay. Craft. A craft. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, is Fereza? What is her name? Fer Feruza. I'll just let you take it. I. I you know where you're going. Let let her go. I, let her I, go. Fereza, I, I, I can't say it. I can't. I <laughs> Firuza can't it. Bulk. Yeah. Firuza yes. Bulk. Is well, she in it again? I'll, I'll tell you. Um, four people, I'll say their names out of respect. Kaylee Spaney, Gideon Adlin, Lovey Simone, and Zoe Luna will play the four witches. Okay. Who are part of the, the craft. Was the craft? Is the craft just what they were learning the craft? Yes, Or is I the craft so. a thing? I think they were just learning oh. the, the craft. Well, yeah. whatever. Uh, anyway, um, no word on whether any of the originals will be reprising their original. roles. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I don't know if we've got a budget for that. This is going to be a Blumhouse movie. They're going to make oh, this for sure. nothing. Okay. But of course, I think the first movie was made for very little. I think so, too. Yeah. And we've talked about this before, but I think that that came right time, right place. <laughs> uh, it was very, very 90s. So it'll be interesting to see if this one will be a, how they will change it, how they will make it their own, if it will be successful this day and age. Well, we'll have to see. Um, not all reboots are successful. Here's one that will not be successful. A reboot of The Office for the Peacock streaming service. Are you serious? Peacock, what are you doing? You're doing too much. Well. See me after class. See me after class. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need to do a one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, with the camera in front of the blind. Yeah, exactly. I want my employees to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> uh, so apparently, it's being developed for a possible release in 2021. Um, NBC has done, you know, they've gone to a, a lot of limits to keep the rights to this you know what i mean and also to set up sort of sweetheart deals with like netflix for instance with streaming the office mm -hmm. and the um the person in charge of peacock basically has said like we are really looking to make this happen okay so i guess this is going to happen first of all mm -hmm. well as the world's biggest office fan let's talk what would you want to see first no wait first question uh, we've got a show called Superstore. Isn't that just, that's, it's, isn't that it? Yeah. Because uh, Parks and Rec is off. So I guess yeah. it's, now it's this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not paper. Where is it? And who's the lead? Oh, yeah. Um, it's got to be somewhere else in the Midwest, I feel like. Um, I think let's have a female Michael Scott if we're going to make it a little different. Um, let's have somebody who is a, is female but is in charge but is also a little weird a little off um, did you like um what's her name amy adams wrong one she was on the office but uh what's her name 
Who are you? Who are you? The... She won an Oscar and disappeared, and Marvel didn't exist then, oh. so it couldn't save her. Uh, the uh, What was her name? The the lady who was kind of in charge of Michael? Is that who you're talking no, about? No, that's Melora Hardin, and she is okay. amazing. No, Michael, here, it's a, Michael Scott's girlfriend. This is, okay. I have a, you know, in uh, True Romance, when uh, Christopher Walken shoots Dennis Hopper, he's like, I haven't killed a man since 1986. <laughs> I haven't Googled anything on air in about 18 months, but <laughs> I know, here we I know. are. Because oh, she, both of us suck so bad. She's she's a big movie star, right? Well, or, she was, yeah. and then she disappeared. Holly Flax. Okay. And here's a picture of her. Oh, yeah, And yeah, you yeah. know that her she, name is... She was on The Wire, right? <laughs> yes, she was on The Wire. Amy Ryan. Oh, okay. Amy Ryan. Amy Ryan, yes. Is she on TV now or something? I don't know. I haven't seen her in a really long time, uh, which is too bad because she was... Yeah, she was very talented. So, so here's your answer. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she was in Monster Trucks. She hasn't done anything in Ooh, a while. Ooh, Monster Trucks. That is not great. And she's going to be in an American drama mystery film directed okay. by Liz Garbus. Okay. Um, has made a lot of movies that you've never heard of. Uh, yeah, I liked her. Um, I guess she was kind of a female Michael Scott. I feel like she was a little bit more she with it than Michael was. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, somebody kind of like goofy. Um, uh, not not a Leslie Nope type or or a Liz Lemon type, but um, somebody who who's a little uh who doesn't know all the memes, who likes to know think that they know all the memes. We know what Michael Scott is yeah. like. Yeah, we know that. Um, boy, Michael what? Scott was pretty much out of the office. By the time meme culture hit yes. its stride, right? Yes. I mean, he did, well, he, he did stuff like, he did meme stuff, but he didn't, they never had like pictures, you know, of frogmen with like impact font right. hung up in his office. That would totally be it yes. now if they did that. Yes. But, I mean, he did lazy Scranton. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, like the, yeah, the, you're the, right. the uh, SNL digital short era of memes. Yes, you know, I'm on a boat. That was sort of his class <laughs> of memes. Yes. Um, Try to bring this home. In the how next about half an how hour. about how about somewhere in uh, Nebraska? Like not All right. a, you're, no? you're taking on too much. Oh, <laughs> I gave okay. you three <laughs> short, uh, not easy, but self-contained questions, and you okay. are doing a full pitch here. So. Uh, we'll save that for later. That'll be in the extra content, I guess. Uh, don't feel bad, though. Let's make you feel good by telling you that Haley Atwell will be joining the Mission Impossible franchise. I heard about this. We had rumor- Yeah, we talked about that before. It was rumored, but it has now been confirmed. She's been signed on for both 7 and 8. I know, which is exciting. Um, do We We already talked about this. Do, um, what do you think she's going to do? <laughs> um, I think she's going to be a, uh, I think she's going to be another agent. That's what I think. Well, yeah, she's already talked about, uh, stunt training and she's, she's into this now. She's, already, yeah, already I, I don't think she's just going to be another Bond girl, especially if she's coming for two or I mean, this mission impossible, not Bond. Um, but yeah, I think she's going to be more than just like a love interest. So um. people don't die in this series like they used to. Is that right? Well, I think they remember they brought in another man whose name I don't know, and I'm not looking up this time. Mm-hmm. But the guy that played Sawyer, mm-hmm. yeah, Josh. Sure. No, I don't care. I'm not uh, looking it up. Holloway. 
Oh, well, between the two of us, we we do know it. <laughs> yes, and and it was a fake out because it's like, wow, Josh Holloway is in this J.J. Abrams produced movie. He's the hero. Oh, right. shot in the face. Right. Uh, spoilers for the first ten minutes of Mission Impossible Four. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like Ving Rhames is speaking of long bets. It's just been it's, it's his only job now. Yeah. It's just showing up and going. Hmm. I don't know about that, Ethan. <laughs> And then that's it. Uh, Simon Pegg, you'll never get rid of him. Jeremy Renner, I think Jeremy Renner should watch out because if they're looking to kill somebody, um, it might be him. Yeah. And then like Angela Bassett's been in these things. Uh, Vanessa Kirby was when she wasn't a semi big deal, but she's her star is kind of on the rise now, so she'll probably be back. Yeah, you're right. Maggie Q, Paula Patton, like she is joining a list of. TV slash film ladies. Yes. (laughs) Ladies who uh, are on her level, let's say. No offense. Yeah. So I'm excited, but I'm also like, she could easily get lost in the shuffle here. I really hope she does Except for how amazing and fantastic she is. Well, I mean, I guess we know she's not going to die in the first one because she's going to be in two of them. Flashbacks. (laughs) Or uh, an AI hologram recreation of her. Oh, okay. And now she's evil. It's, it's weird how the car movies have become more ridiculous than like pulling a rubber face off and your face is underneath. I, but I think I they know. have. Yeah. Because I was just thinking about like, what if she got shot in the head and got amnesia and then she came back and she was a bad guy in the next one because mm-hmm. she lost her memory? It's like, that's ridiculous. Meanwhile, over in Fast and Furious. Right. <laughs> exact thing has happened yeah exactly uh, several times uh hey what about this you're talking about the office and its uh inheritors uh what about the show brooklyn nine one one two three nine nine two nine 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 brooklyn nine nine yeah what about it there's three nines is it nine 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 I think it's just Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think there's <laughs> We're two so nines. so bad at this. Anyway, there is an actress on that show called Stephanie Beatrice. Okay. And she is... You've seen the show, right? I actually She's have not. She's the curly hair... You've seen... You've never seen a single episode? I don't think I have. All right. No. Well, listeners know. And if listeners are seeing a couple, like I thought Mick and Hannah had... <laughs> She's a leather jacket wearing, like, tough detective okay. with the curly hair. Sure. Uh, there is a fan movement out there to get her cast as She-Hulk for the announced She-Hulk oh, series okay. at Marvel. Do you do you think she would be I think she good... has to win an Oscar first, right? And then she's, come on in. <laughs> Meatloaf's fine. Right, right. Uh, do you do you think she's like muscular enough to to play no, but, the She-Hulk, or would she like be the the lawyer? Version? No, but it doesn't matter because okay. remember, like She-Hulk isn't um like you know t- ten feet wide Hulk. She's just you know idealized, and she's not even like a you know competitive uh, weightlifting uh, years Bridget Nielsen. Oh, okay. She, she, she looks just, you know, it's a John Byrne draws a lady that's six inches taller than a normal lady that he would draw. Okay. She's sure. just an idealized female. Okay. And, and, you know, Stephanie Beatrice is tall. She can work out. Sure. Um, my thing is, like, it doesn't, it cuts against, well, it, does, it doesn't have to cut against, but I envisioned it as, like, a dual casting type thing. Yeah. Like, the, the previous Hulk show was, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, in the 70s. With Lou Ferrigno, right? <laughs> right, but you, yeah. Okay. Don't yeah. They don't have the money to make uh, a Mark Ruffalo, Stephanie Beatrice. Right, right, right. So right. you just do not this, not this, but like Jenna Malone is Jennifer Walters, right? And then she's got a Hulk out, and she turns into Stephanie Beatrice. Right. I, I see exactly what you're saying. Okay. Um, but if you're Stephanie Beatrice, you're like, well, I don't just want to show up to get painted green. <laughs> That's why you get a Lou Ferrigno. Right. He's right. like. I'm 
coming off the bodybuilding circuit. Right. I want to give 110% to this career where I go, Rawr! I know. But I don't read lines because I'm not good at like line readings. We'll leave that to Bill Bixby. Right. Yeah. If you get Stephanie Beatrice, then you're going to have to do a, and this will work, I suppose, but you do a Captain America thing on her where we just shoot high up and make her seem small. Okay, And then sure. when she's She-Hulk, she's, you she's know. She's yeah. bigger and, yeah. Okay. Um, do you think she would be a good fit for the role? I don't know. We talked about this for a long time for two people who don't know anything about <laughs> how many nines there are in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Except I don't, I've only seen her play that character and that character is like the Ron Swanson of Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind oh, of. Oh boy. Okay. So I haven't really seen her range. You know? Right. She's just this sort of like dry sort of character. Sure. Um. But I'm sure she's an actress. Yeah. I'm sure she can handle it. Yeah. Okay. You um, know who might be good? Who? I forgot her name. The lady who plays Alma's sister on Undone. Oh, her, the character's name is Becca. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 No, she she kind of looks like. like uh, uh, well, maybe it's just I'm, I'm seeing her animated, but I've seen pictures of her in real life, and she is she's very tall, um, and she's just sort of statuesque. You know, mm-hmm. she's got this great long hair and. She seems, you know, She-Hulk has to be kind of fun, you know, but also sort of like tongue-in-cheek and snarky. Like, she was sort of Deadpool before we had a Deadpool. Sure. Um, Yeah, I think that would be a good fit as well. So, um, I guess we'll stay tuned for She-Hulk casting news. I guess we'll close out that bit, because you're done. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, one more story, uh, Batman Day. Did you celebrate Batman Day? I did not. <laughs> Batman Day was uh, the 21st, I think, 9-21. Oh, the, the fall equinox was Batman Day. Wow. <laughs> Don't try to talk comics with an astrology person. <laughs> Stop. But anyway, yeah, Batman is 80 years old. Oh, I thought he was already 80 years old. He is 80 years old. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, happy birthday, Batman. Wow. Do you want to take over? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I remember when, oh boy, I remember vaguely a Time Magazine cover story about Superman. He's 50. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I bought it on the newsstand and right. read it on the train, on right. the L train, but I remember that. I remember it being a big deal when Superman turned 70, uh, when he mm-hmm. turned 75. Mm-hmm. Batman's 75 birthday was a big deal, it too. It was, yeah. But yeah, here we are. Wow. Isn't okay. it? It's weird to think that Batman is going to outlive me. I mean, if I was a yeah, if I was an inhabitant of the fictional Gotham City, I think I would understand that that was true. <laughs> but it's weird to think that this person that doesn't exist is going to live a lot well, longer than me. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, I'm not Let's entirely sure how I feel. <laughs> That's how a Batman supervillain is is created. Right, right. <laughs> a little too, little too meta, a little too Joker. Somebody. Wow, talk about your clickbait. I think this is like not a variety trade story. It was just, you know, they have like blogger backup clickbait mm-hmm. stuff too. But there was like a the Joker takes cues from Catwoman. I'm like, well, here we go. You Uh-oh. got me. Just set the hook right in here. Left cheek. Got it. Yeah. And the story was like a couple different trade things, some box offers reportage like it usually is. And then it was like, oh, the story of Joker is kind of like Catwoman because – they're both screwed over by a corporate something or other. And uh, I don't know. One did good and one didn't do so good. So who knows? 
It's like, I what? just want to reach. That's not satisfying. No. And I grabbed my grease paint and I started smearing it all over my face as I was crying. <laughs> Cell phone in one hand, makeup sponge in the other. Before we start talking about this movie that came from a TV show, let's yes. talk about some TV shows. Okay. Uh, and they can breathe easy because they ain't got no Downton Abbey coming after him this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Emmys are tonight, and there are a couple different categories. And a lot of these categories are chock full of some real talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to... I mean, yeah, anyway. What? Well, I was just going to say... We don't have to go through and like pick who we think is going to win because you, like a lot of Emmy voters, are just going to pick what you've heard of. Uh, That's true. Let's test that out. Okay. Here's who's up for drama series. And again, I don't know why their categories can be as big as they want to, but the Oscars are limited to five. Yeah. But the drama series being nominated are Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, and This Is Us. That is eight shows that is insane counting um wow i think people are going to pick game of thrones because it was the last year and you think game of thrones is gonna beat killing eve when everybody is drawing birthmarks on their foreheads (laughs) in honor of phoebe waller bridge yeah okay because she is hot shit right now yeah and everybody hated game of thrones this is true. Will the fan hate of Game of Thrones overcome the Academy or whatever they've got? Yeah. Uh, their decision to, to give I it the don't highest know. honor. Um, I haven't seen Killing Eve season two, but yeah, people are really talking about that. I would either choose Killing Eve or Better Call Saul, I think. Um, Nobody cares about Better Call Saul. Oh, okay. All right. I, mean, it's, I love it, but it's I don't feel like it's a show that people are really plugged into, right? I guess not. Um, I, there, there are a lot of other shows that you mentioned that are popular that I've heard of that I'm like not. <laughs> well, how about into. this comedy series? Okay. Now remember, some of these are ongoing series. Yeah. Some of these aren't. Uh, for comedy, you've got Barry, Fleabag, The Good Place, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, and Veep. Wow. Um. Now this is Veep's last year. Yeah. Good time to shower it with awards. Yeah. And it has won a lot of awards already, I Ms. think. Ms. Maisel has Jeff Done Bezos well. behind her. Yeah. The deepest pockets that, that there are. You could, They have the Miss Maisel experience where a soda pop costs a nickel and they caused a lot of havoc in L.A. when they did that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, people loved Russian Doll yes. when it came out. Yes. Not a, nobody's talking about it now. Well, that's true. Um. I personally... Fleabag yeah. is another Phoebe Waller-Bridge joint. I think I'm so going to pick... So she's poised... I think I'm going to pick Fleabag. To have honestly. quite a lot of... I see Fleabag winning... Honestly, I mean, I think they're both in the running, but Fleabag will definitely win something. Killing uh-huh. Eve might win something. Yeah. But either way, she should bring a trolley with her. <laughs> For all of her awards. For the yeah. awards. Although exactly. people are still uh, really excited about Barry, too. And then good, the true. Good Place is just the Better Call Saul of this category. The Good Place uh, it is... It absolutely deserves and has it's won It's so before, good. But I, I really enjoy it. Um, 
Um, I just, I, I also thought like Fleabag was like really solid and really enjoyable. So, and I'm sad that there's not going to be more of it. But yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Has Marvel approached her yet? Yeah, I don't think they have yet, but I'm kind of surprised that they haven't. Maybe after these wins, they will. Uh, has Marvel approached Emma Stone? I don't think they have. I mean, she's, she's playing Cruella yeah. Deville, so you would think. So in the maybe, Kingdom Hearts crossover, maybe be. if if that goes well, maybe they'll talk to her. <laughs> that's about her. It. That's her probationary period, yeah, right? Make this dumb dog movie work. <laughs> then we'll talk then, to you about Marvel. Yeah. Um, maybe you could be one of the new X Men characters. Yeah, well, the yeah, the new Jean Grey is right. all yours. There you go. I was gonna say, yeah. sorry, Sophie. Uh, here's the limited <laughs> series up: Chernobyl, Escape at Dinamora, Fosse Verdon, Sharp Objects, and When They See Us. Um, hmm. I don't feel like I know enough about yeah, a lot you of can these. Guess though, right? I think there was a lot of buzz around Chernobyl when it came out. Again, I don't think that people are really talking about it now. Well, um, I should. Some of these are weighted with the other nominations they've received as well. So okay. Chernobyl sits on top of this category. <clears throat> excuse me, with nineteen nominations That's across various categories. Crazy talk. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed Sharp Objects, but I don't really think it necessarily deserves to win. I think Amy Adams did a great job. Well, we'll job get to lead in actress it. in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that as a show it's necessarily strong enough. And the other ones, I don't think I've seen. Do you have a, a favorite or one that you think will win this category? Well, I haven't seen them all either, but I think that Chernobyl will just take it because okay. I don't think that the Emmys get too precious. Sure. About things, okay. and we all took a crap over Chernobyl, yes. and it does have a lot of talented actors in it. So it does. I think that probably that one. Uh, let's see, lead actress in a drama series. We're looking at Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones, Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Viola Davis for How to Get Away with Murder, <laughs> Laura Linney in Ozark, Mandy Moore for This Is Us, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, and Robin Wright for House of Cards. Um... I think Sandra Oh has won for Killing Eve in the past, but yes. I would not be surprised if she won again, yeah. honestly. Uh, this might be the year to give it to Robin Wright as a sort of statement. Oh, has she not won yet for House of Cards? I She was only the center of this last season, wasn't oh, she? I mean, she okay. might have been um, I see what you're saying. a guest actress, but this is yeah. lead actress. Okay, I see what you're saying. Supporting actress. Yes. I don't know either. It's definitely not Amelia Clark. Although, no, although I could see her winning. Because, yeah. yeah. So who knows? Um, Lead actor in a drama series Jason Bateman from Ozark, Sterling Kate Brown for This Is Us, Kit Harrington for Game of Thrones. Uh, He might want it, but he's not going to get it. Uh, Bob (laughs) Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Billy Porter for Pose, and uh, Milo Ventimiglia for This Is Us. Well, I know Sterling K. Brown has won for This Is Us at least once, if not more than once. Yeah. Um, I honestly would like to see it go to Bob Odenkirk, but I don't think it's necessarily going to go to him. I don't know. This might be a push situation where I'm, I watched like the first six episodes of Ozark and was like, this is not going to be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure if Jason Bateman's 
doing fine doing on it. On He's it. also TV royalty. That's um, true. I'm not sh- has he won one before? I don't know that he has. Maybe he won last year. We're, remember, we're yeah. Emmy know-nothings. <laughs> um, but like having him up against uh, returning winner Sterling K. Brown. Yes. Up against a kid or a kit who, who probably got a huge push in yes. marketing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they all cancel each other out and Bob Bob gets it this year. Yeah. I don't know. Lead actress in a comedy series, Christina Applegate in Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Julie Louise Dreyfus in uh, Veep, Natasha Lyonne in Russian Doll, Catherine O'Hara in Schitt's Creek, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Fleabag. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I would say Phoebe Waller-Bridge or uh, Natasha Lyonne. Those would be my picks. But um, I know Julia Louise Dreyfus has won for vape quite a bit, um, and a lot. Of, there's, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's quite a bit of talent in there, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to somebody else. A lot either. of, lot of talent. Deep, <laughs> deep field. Deep. Lead actor in a comedy series: Anthony Anderson in Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson in The Good Place, Michael Douglas in The Kaminsky Method, Bill Hader for Barry, and Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek. Um. I know Barry is really popular. I think Bill, he, hey, hey, uh, didn't he win last year? I think he won previously, yes. Um, I feel like he's the odds on for this year, too. Yeah. Um, Ted Danson won for, he's won for The Good Place at least once, I so think. So I'm surprised that he's a lead actor. I mean, I guess he is. Right. I would kind of count him as being supporting for yeah. The Good Place, but hmm. um, yeah. But I mean, he's fantastic in that. So And it's probably a thing where you can just place people wherever you want right i I mean you can't if there's somebody who's on one episode of like a 25 well episode season they're They're, not like they're a guest actor right but for these shows that are 10 episodes with a rotating cast who's the lead who's the lead in this is us it's just an an ensemble cast right exactly and you're probably pretty mad if you're not milo or (laughs) stewart you're like hey i'm so so who's on that show i don't even know i don't even know either (laughs) Lead actress in a limited series or a TV movie, Amy Adams for Sharp Objects, Patricia Arquette for Escape at Danamora, Aljan, excuse me if I get this name wrong, Aljan Ellis in When They See Us, Joey King for The Act, Niecy Nash in When They See Us, and Michelle Williams for Thossie Verdon. Um, well, the only one of those that I've seen is Amy Adams in Sharp Objects, and I have to say, I think she does a pretty good job um, in that. <laughs> So, um, she does a good job if (laughs) a grown woman acting like a disaffected teenager is good acting. Now, yeah, it's perfect for the role, yes, and it's absolutely the right choice. But if a disaffected teenager could play your role, are you you good? Maybe it's not, (laughs) are you good? good You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) If Sterling K. Brown can play a kitty cat (laughs) convincingly. Uh, then great. But right. if also we could just have a kitty cat knocking a ball of string around, right. you're like, oh. <laughs> uh, no, but that's she's definitely the best part of that show. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, her sister's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, just weird, though. She's very weird. And um, what is her name? The mom is really good, too. The mom is really good, yes. Absolutely. I can't remember her name. She's for very famous. Yeah. She's one of the mother lovers. Yeah. I. Oh, man. I don't know. This is it. We've talked about this. This is the future. Yeah, we can't remember. This names. is me in a nursing home with a quarterback wristband oh, with my family's name on it. 
Don't say that. We'll say something funny so it's not depressing. Uh, Blue 32. Patricia. (laughs) I was so close to what it was. Lead actor in a limited series or movie. Thanks, by the way. Sorry. Uh, Mahersha Ali for True Detective, which I still have not seen. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, Benicio Del Toro for Escape at Danamora. Hugh Grant for A Very English Scandal, which sounds like (laughs) a show that's in a show. It sounds like it was created <laughs> made just up. for Hugh Grant. <laughs> Jared Harris in Chernobyl, Jarell uh-huh. Jerome for When They See Us, and Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. Um, I feel like Sam Rockwell's the one to beat. You think so? This, yeah. This is a show okay. that <clears throat> everybody wants to like. Fosse Verdon. Probably not a lot of people saw it, but Bob Fosse is a very important figure in Hollywood and entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. And Sam Rockwell is likewise a guy who is always doing good work, even if he's not getting recognized for it. Mm-hmm. And this is like a virtuoso performance. Sure. This is the Gary Oldman pick. Sure. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, you're going to go with that. Well, I was going to say, what's his name for Hugh Chernobyl? Grant. I was oh. going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jared Harris um, has won. Bef- won? Uh, yeah. I think he's won before, hasn't he? A okay. Supporting? I don't know. Maybe not. Um. Don't know anything. But, no nothings. But but he's he's a good actor. He's very talented. Let's get through the supporting actresses. Okay. Or maybe not. Do you want to do it? Okay, let's do it. There's a lot of Game of Thrones in here. In fact, okay. it dominates the category. Supporting actress in a drama series. Gwendolyn Christie for Game of Thrones. Who nominated herself. J- Julia Garner. <laughs> what? Gwendolyn Christie, like, she, like, threw her hat in the ring for being, <clears throat> right. for the nomination. Which, right. I mean, I think she deserves it. Nominate but... a different yeah. f- definition. Yeah. Julia Garner for Ozark, who I'd also argue is maybe a lead. Uh, Lena Headey for Game of Thrones, who was basically a bystander this last season. She didn't really do a lot this Fiona last season. Shaw for Killing Eve, uh, who's always great, but... I don't think she does a lot in that show. Yeah. Uh, Sophie Turner, Game of Thrones, and Maisie Williams, Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't think Lena Gwendolyn Hattie Christie. did like, enough. I think Gwendolyn Christie. I, I think so. Supporting actor in a drama series, Alfie Allen for Game of Thrones. Okay. Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul. Nicholas or Nicolaj Coster-Waldo, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones. Giancarlo Esposito, Better Call Saul. Michael Kelly, House of Cards. And Chris Sullivan, This Is Us. Gee, I wonder who has the deepest bench as far as talent goes. I know, right? In cable TV. Um, I, I'm i going to um, say uh, Peter Dinklage, I think, for, for Game of Thrones. That's what I'm going to say. This was his worst season. Oh, Okay. All right, but if, if you're if you're doing it for who has the best story? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But if you're gonna, if I think a lot of times they pick like this is the last season, so this is like for the entire. Well, if that's time. true, then get those trolleys because <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Game of Thrones is going home with uh, a enough lot. enough gold for yeah. a dragon's hoard, right? Uh, do you want to keep going? Uh, I, I I will if you want me to, but... There's supporting actress in a comedy series, uh, actors in a comedy series, this, that, and the other. Um, it's funny how there are like 18 acting categories and then we get yeah. down to writing. Okay, sure. <laughs> but it's TV. Yeah, I know. You know, we don't care about the writing. We care about the people, personalities. That's what TV is. You come back every week. I know. To see what Tim Allen's going to get up to. Right. This time. But we should care about the writing because the writing is is what, you know, helps make a good story and uh, makes it compelling and makes us want to keep coming back. I would argue that the writing writing's more important for TV than it is for for movies. I think that the 
that's true. Yeah, because I mean, for for like a movie, you you only have to hold my attention for like an hour and a half, two hours. But for a TV show, it's like what ten hours a season or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> well- yeah, I mean, if you're watching, like, an Amazon show. Okay. <laughs> and these Amazon shows can't even fill out that much. I know, right? Were you shocked that Carnival Row was not voted as the, I don't know, it's, it's probably not eligible this year. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, maybe it, it probably had to come out at a certain Carnival time. Carnival Row. Yeah, I know. I want to hate watch it so bad. Do you? <laughs> you you told me the other day, no more hate watching. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I lied. (laughs) Well, there's one show that I could never hate watch, not even when we are just obsessively focusing on Ethel and her new job as a prostitute, and she's yeah. got a baby or something. What is going on with I, that? I don't know. Or when they brought the the blonde. Every time a new ladies' maid shows up at Downton Abbey, we're in trouble. I agree. They, they bring the blonde one in, and her thing is like, I'm going to F one of these guys and get out of this thing. And she picks Tom. And yeah, it's like, Tom didn't have any money. I know, right? <laughs> First of all, you played yourself. <laughs> you come in here, kind of like Tom does in the film. Uh, you got to come in here and you got to know what these people look like, okay? I know there's no internet, yeah, but you right? got to know what they look like. Yeah. Because seducing the redheaded uh, stepchild, uh, literal literal uh, son-in-law or whatever, yes. uh, that's not going to do anything. No, it's not going to do but anything But even when that's going on, it's not hate. It's all love. Yes. For a show, Downton Abbey. Yes. From the BBC, I guess. PBS. It's BBC. Yeah. PBS. Yeah. Yeah. Which finally has a film. Yes. Um, I don't know the story behind the film because I'm a good host. But <laughs> I'd have to imagine that it was. Let's just come on. You want to make some money? Let's make uh, some money. Right. Right. It's not like. Oh, we didn't get a chance. We got to tell this story. It's no. We got to complete the the cycle. Right. That's not where we were at. No. In fact, if the end of the last season of Downton Abbey and really the end of this movie tells us anything, the story will always continue. I yes, it, the 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 characters will continue to Unless grow and change you and all that sort of thing. Dynamite the Abbey. <laughs> Like they do right. the town at the end of Little House in the Prairie. Oh, man. Uh, this will always go on. Yes, absolutely. But is it a good thing? That's what we're here to talk about. Um, what happens in Downton Abbey? The motion picture. Um, well, they, they found out very early on that the king and queen of England are going to visit Downton Abbey. Whoa! And they get a letter and it's going to happen in two weeks, which is really not a lot of time to prepare. And there's going to be a parade for when they show up, and they're going to host them for lunch and dinner. And then there's going to be a ball at, I think, Harewood or Harewood, another mansion in the area where Princess Mary lives. Um, So, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. Um, (laughs) wow. It's the first time, the first time ever, the first time ever. You just, you're just a synopsis. Yeah. Well, how did you do it? I don't know. What makes this different? I don't know. How did you do it? I have no idea. (sighs) Amazing. I can't say that I'll repeat it again. I'm afraid to let you continue. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's basically it. And I guess 
Uh, I guess we'll let you know when we're going to actually begin spoiling um, the film. Yeah. Um, all of this will be slight spoilers for um, the whole, the entire show, the yeah. entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, this picks up pretty much. Ex- I mean, we questioned this when we were speculating before what the show was or it was going to focus on. It picks up pretty much exactly when the show leaves off. Yeah, I guess maybe a couple months later. I guess the show ended um, New Year's on 1926, and this supposedly happens in 1927. Yeah, so. yeah. So it, it picks uh, right up um, at the end of um, the sixth series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, where were we? Carson uh, had retired yes. as head butler and Thomas, now Mr. Barrow, had taken over for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisy and Andy were engaged. sweet on each other, engaged, but <sighs> Daisy's, come on, Daisy, come on. <laughs> It's been a while here. Daisy can never make up her mind. I know. Uh, Tom uh, was pretty much fully integrated into the family, um, yes. thanks in part to his dutiful service, and but also helping Mary with yes. With the I think estate. that Mary um, considers him like she's he's the brother she never had at this point. Yes. And Mary herself had uh, found love and happiness with uh, her new husband. Yes. Um, Mr. Flapjack. Talbert. I don't remember his name. Talbert. Yeah. yeah. Who cares? Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, boo. Uh, <laughs> and that's where we're at. And then, uh, yeah, everything's fine. Nothing major happened. Uh, Robert's dog died, but that was the only real tragedy. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to move forward and life continues. Anna and Bates uh, have a child mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, things are things are looking good. Yeah. And then now the king and the queen. I know, exactly. Crazy. Um, um, and I, I guess this is loosely based on true events because of course it is. Uh, I guess there were two different tours that the king and queen like went on. One was in 1912 of Yorkshire, Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Um, one was in 1912 and one was in 1927. So mm-hmm. they just uh, they kind of took the real life events and made the movie about that. Which uh, and you could <laughs> boy, I I love this show because it's fiction, and yeah. I know it's not fiction, but I love that it is fiction. If this was. If I guess if I thought about the real implications of the support of the monarchy and people bemoaning like the death of the English gentry, uh, I would be right in that car with Tom looking for bombs to throw. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Stop. But I like the fact that this is all it doesn't try to get it never really tries to get that political. No. Mostly because Tom is the worst like Republican there's ever been because he yeah. is completely literally seduced by <laughs> by uh, the English uh, gentry yes. and finds himself among them. Yes. Uh, yeah. So not great politically, but yeah, as just a fun anodyne celebration yes. <laughs> of, of pretty dresses. Yes. Uh, that's how I uh, come to this thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's true. That's about as political as this gets. Um, the fact that the king went on these tours. Yes. And there was a lot of uh, sort of unrest and uncertainty at that time, uh, as there was in many countries um, around and after World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just trying to like, Hey, everybody, everything's looking good. I'm the king. How you doing? Right. Coming to say hi I'm, to my I'm people. I'm here with the people. And yeah. yeah they, they were attempting to do that. Um, and I guess if listeners, if they don't know or don't already know or want to know, uh, the king and queen at this time were, they are the, the grandparents of Queen Elizabeth II. Yes. So. Um, yeah. It's right after this. Th- this is why. And this was a. Here's our mini review. Yeah. Do you like it? I loved it. I liked it, too. Yeah. Don't do any more, though, right? 
Or I don't, or I don't know. Maybe do. I think if you do, you're you not going to be, gonna be able. This is the last chance for you to remain apolitical. Because yeah, once yes. World War II comes in, y- yes. we're doing politics. Yeah. You toyed with it when Edith's baby daddy was killed by brown shirts. Yeah. But that was almost like, oh, these pes- pesky Nazis. Uh, do you know what I mean? And then like Robert gets like, I'm not sure about that Hitler chap. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like yes. that's once we get into World War Two, we're done. And even before that, like when we get into like, you know, Edward the Eighth, mm-hmm. like we're gonna have to start drawing lines and taking sides. Right, exactly. The, Downton Abbey, the next generation, there is something there, I think. Yeah. Because Tom suddenly is like, wait a minute, what have I been doing this entire time? The only way to go forward in in the universe is to break what we've got right now. Yeah, and I don't know if I want that to happen. I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah. I kind of like it, them dancing off into the into the sunset. Yeah, me too. And the Dowager Countess being sassy and, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And huge coincidences like, what? You're going to inherit a lot of money? And you're in love with Tom? Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to work out just fine. <laughs> well, um, think of something non-spoilery to say before we move into spoilers. Um, so it was written by Julian Fellows who wrote the series as well. And I think, um, and I, I was happy to see that because, um, I think he, he stayed tried and true to the characters and, you know, it wasn't like huge changes. It wasn't like anybody really did anything, uh, that was out of character. And, um, I, I just liked to see them continue to grow and change, um, and I think it was cool that they they had the king and queen visit because it got to be like this grand sort of thing, and then we we got Carson to come back and everything too. <laughs> yeah, so. <I> just, <laughs> yeah, I just feel a little bad for Tom, but it, it feels like uh, it feels like a uh, like a, like a movie plot. You know, it's like we gotta get together for one last ride. I need you. I need you, buddy. I need your I need your Carson magic, right? And he's like, "Well," and that whole scene with they milk it, you know, in the trailer, but in the movie too, he's like walking down the lane, you know, here I come, Downton and Abbey, he's just yeah. waddling up to Downton Abbey. He's like, "Oh boy," uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, is this essential viewing for the TV viewer, uh, the lover of Downton Abbey. Well, yeah, clearly. Um, did anybody go see this uh, who didn't already like the show? I would be surprised. Honestly, it made thirty-one million dollars. I know, I know. It beat Ad Astra and um, (laughs) it beat they beat Brad Pitt. Yeah, and uh, Rambo: Last Blood. So there you go. Yeah, so put that in your belt, Laura Carmichael. You beat (laughs) Sylvester Stallone and Brad Pitt on the same weekend. I know. Um, It didn't even like uh, dilute it. Now, of course, if you if your movie theater was like ours, uh, you crushed the median age when you walked in there. And uh, I was like hoping we wouldn't have like a life alert. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, man. But it was one of the um, m- most well-behaved uh, <laughs> audiences I've ever been in. Yeah. Uh, one of the most enthusiastic audiences yes. I've ever been in. Uh, and then also when the Bruce Springsteen comes up, they go, oh, it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Who, by the way, I don't know anything about his life, mm. but he's been doing this like Come on, honey, get on the back of my bike. We're going to ride out to the edge of town. He's been doing this for like 40 years now. And hasn't he been married to the same woman for all that time? I have no idea. And like, you never hear about him uh, coming out of a a bad rehab or or something like that. No. So what? Is this just a persona? 
Um, honestly, it could be. Um, but what a persona it is. Um, he's like, sometimes I, I struggle with my demons. My demons, sometimes I get them. Sometimes they get me. You never know based on I know what what day it's gonna be. Um, it's like you've been married to Patty since 1991. How bad has it been? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think that, you know, I think that he has to, I don't know. I'm not saying he's a liar. I'm just saying you have to, everybody has personal setbacks and tragedies and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. But I mean, he's yeah. just been the king of like working class rock. Yes. For his entire career. Yes. So how bad is that? Yeah, I mean, it can't be that bad. I don't think. You lack the ability to talk about things you don't know anything about. I guess I do. <laughs> That's what a good thing for a podcaster uh, to have. All right. <laughs> Name for a Spring, uh, Springsteen song. Uh, I don't think I can, to be perfectly honest. This would be a great chance for you to make up something really funny, though. Um, what, Born to Run? Is that is that one? Yeah, that okay. is one. All yes. right. I, I got one. Okay. So by getting the right answer, <laughs> you slip the chance to develop yourself. Uh, I, I don't know. What I about don't... Whiskey Corner? Doesn't that sound like one? Yeah, it does. What about uh, working building? <laughs> See, you just got to try. You can achieve great things. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's a thumbs up from me. That's uh, a up pinky me. up from you. Yes. Uh, and we would see say see the film. Uh, let's talk spoilers. Although this is going to be short. Like what's there to really talk about? Yeah. Uh, insofar as this movie has no political agenda and for six years um, featured a, if not main character, at least a featured regular who in the very first episode is revealed to be gay and then struggles yes. through that with that uh, in that society and time throughout the entire show. Yes. Finally, in the feature film, decides to dig into that and gives that character a voice. And he isn't just the evil you know, t mustache twirling villain. Right. You finally feel for him and his situation. And it's like way too little too late. Um, Daredevil I, tries to yeah, seduce him in the first you. episode. Yeah. And then from the rest of the time, it's just he he's sad because he gay. And then yeah. finally we get to see him basically just say like, I've never he meets another gay guy, basically. And yes. he's like, I've never met anybody who's gay before. Right. And it's like, that's a whole show. Like, gay butler in a big house, you know, in the early teens or whatever. Yes. Like, that. that's a whole show. It is, absolutely. Instead, he's just like... <laughs> I know, I know. He gets, he gets kind of a bad rap early on. because He was born to run. Yeah. <laughs> Steel Street. Uh, Steel Street? Sure. So that sounds like one. Um, uh, blue, blue plate special. I don't know. Um, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Um, uh, keep talking. I'm going to get a game ready. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think, um, I, I don't disagree with you that it's too little too late. Uh, I am glad that they decided to include it. Um, so he like, he meets somebody who's gay. He doesn't realize he's gay. And then he is at a bar and he goes off with this other guy who happens to be gay and they go to this underground gay dance hall and everybody is gay there and dancing and then like <laughs> and then the cops show up they go to a steel mill 
with sparks. Flanders. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and then the cops show up and arrest everybody, and it's just like, you know, it's just so disheartening. And I know it's a different time and place, but you know, and where you could get arrested for being gay, and and this other guy is like super clever and also works for the king and he's able to get uh thomas off and he basically tells him in so many words you have you're you're gay but you have to be more careful than this you know like you have to be more discreet and that's just kind of like the reality unfortunately yeah um and again the show and i think that this is the way that the show um, has treated pol- political stuff and mm. it sort of gets out of um, yes. having to make a comment is that it's just like that was the time. So right. we have a situation where Thomas finds, you know, a measure of satisfaction, even though he's basically instructed by this other guy who is has a very high position for, for the king. So he has succeeded, but he's basically like the secret to success is hide. The secret to success yeah. is to assimilate and basically live this double life which will crush and kill you you know and and drive you to an early grave Mm -hmm. and that's presented as like a great solution also the fact that he works for the king he gets out of there that jail is full of gay dudes who are like just want to go home yes but because it's our gay dude we're like oh thank god uh it's a horrible injustice but the show doesn't i don't know I, i wouldn't want them to turn around and go you know someday Maybe in some new century, this will all be different. Yeah, yeah. And five guys will tell some slob how to dress. <laughs> I'm glad they don't do that, but it's sometimes know. it's so clinical that it's like, oof, wow, that's hard. It, yeah, it, it's a little hard to um, to, to take it in. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess in the positive light, like they decide they're going to continue to write to each other. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's, positive yes in this hypothetical future season you yeah know, maybe they um can can get together again or right. find uh find each other again yeah exactly. yeah um well i guess i didn't have anything specific to say i thought oh. that i would have more to say um uh, i like um yeah i don't i don't have anything to say oh okay um lady uh or uh the dowager countess like goes to london at one point and we find out later that she did some medical tests and she is not well oh yeah okay but they don't say how she is ill and she just relays this to she's um, movie sick yeah movie fatally sick right exactly and she just relays this to Mary and she's like, don't make a big deal out of it don't say anything to anybody you know I'm gonna be fine until I'm not yeah. Um. And that was like, like I get it. I, I I still found that really sad. Um. But you know because I don't want the Dowager Countess to go away because Maggie Smith. Oh, Maggie is Smith's just, gonna put us in the just ground. Fantastic. Batman is scared of Maggie Smith. I know, right? Um, and she's just super great. And it's the thematic climax of the film. It's yeah. her saying, you know, as the matriarch. Yes. Um. I'm won't be here forever and i'm passing it to you passing the baton to you uh yeah Yeah. good and faithful uh granddaughter who Mm -hmm. is gonna i'm not i'm not talking to your dad i'm talking to you like you have kept this family together you've kept this estate together yes and that's like beautiful and touching and also is like kind of depressing because she's like there's a subplot where she's like hey idiot 
husband, can't remember his name, don't yeah. care. Right. Uh, do you want to go? What yeah. if we just like sold the house and just left and just did something else? Mm-hmm. And he's like, Duh. and then <laughs> no decision is made. And then yeah. basically Violet curses her to haunt Downton Abbey. They, she even I says, know. you'll be the, the crabby old lady. She does. And it's it's one of those things where, well, I'm enjoying the emotion of this moment. But at the same time, I don't want to be the crabby old lady. I know, right? Edith, I wonder- can, Edith will be the crabby old lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edith. Uh, a lot I of like uh, Edith, Edith in her underwear in this. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm not complaining, but it's just like, does that did a request we, by Laura Carmichael that? or something? Yeah, right. She's like, I've been on the Stairmaster. Let's do this. <laughs> she put the the P in, in the PG. I guess so. I do not know what that means. I don't know what that means Pajamas. either. Pajamas. <laughs> Pajamas, yes. Well, um, <laughs> since we are running out of things to say, except, uh, yeah, I just it's one of those things that I can't explain to you why I like it. Uh, if you have it's, never seen the show, you won't. Time. You probably won't like it. Um, but it's fun. Yeah. It is. Uh, in lieu of that, let's play a little game. It's called Springsteen Song or Somebody Else. Oh, boy. I don't want to tell you what I'm doing. I'll tell you <sighs> at the end of the game here. Okay. So is this a Springfield song or is it somebody else? A, a Springsteen? Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Let me look up Rick Springfield real quick. <laughs> So now you know that they're not Rick Springfield songs right. that I uh, was looking at here. Rick Springfield songs. Boy, the computer's getting a workout on this show. <laughs> the most we've ever looked stuff up on air in a long time. Human Touch. He sang that, though, didn't he? Is that only a Rick Springfield song? I, 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 I thought, don't know. I thought uh, Springsteen sang that, too. Huh. All right. We got to refine this game. A oh, okay. Bit, All right. All right. Ready? Yes, I'm ready. Streets of Philadelphia. I'm going to say that's somebody else. That is a Bruce Springsteen song from the motion picture Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Okay. Springsteen or spring mean? Mm -hmm. Spring. No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What kind of fool am I? Springsteen? That is not. Oh, gosh. I should have. I should have. Oh. That's a Springfield. Oh this is the game. This is the game. We found it. Oh, my God. Okay, so full disclosure, I was going to do John Mellencamp songs, but we're, we're doing Springfield instead. Springfield or Springsteen? Here we go. Ready? Oh, my goodness. Rosalita. So Springfield. That's Springsteen. Ah! I'm so bad at this game. Springsteen or Springfield? Speak to the sky. Springfield? That's correct. Oh, right. Yay! I got it. You're one. on the board. Right. Spring, Springsteen or Springfield? The ghost of Tom Joad. Springfield? That's wrong. Oh, no. That is part of the concept album from 1995. Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Springsteen or Springfield? Pink Cadillac. Springsteen? That is correct. All right. I got two points Featured now. in the 1984. No, I think it was later. A 1987, 8 Clint Eastwood movie. Oh, okay. Peters, Pink Cadillac. Huh. Uh, see, yeah, Human Touch. They both have a song named Human Touch. That's weird. I'm giving the game away here. Uh, <laughs> ready? Next one. Springsteen or Springfield? Love somebody. Springfield? That is correct. Yay, I got three. All right. Yeah, you're almost at 50%. <laughs> Uh, only a couple more. Oh, uh, Springsteen or Springfield? Love is in the air tonight. 
Or excuse me, love is all right tonight. Okay. Read that wrong. Um, Springsteen. Springfield. Ah. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> all right, a couple more. Uh, Springsteen or Springfield? Blinded by the light. Springsteen. That is correct. Okay, I got four now. All right, so still not fifty percent. No. Uh, Springsteen or Springfield? Lucky Town. Springsteen. That's correct. Yay, five. Okay, you're pushing last one. You're pushing for over fifty percent here. Okay. Springsteen or Springfield? My hometown. Springfield. My hometown, my hometown. It's like the only words in the song. Springsteen. I'm sorry. You do not walk away with the ride on the back of a motorcycle to the edge of town on this one. We, just, we invented a, a game. Yeah, we did. Notice I didn't say Jesse's Girl or Born in the USA. Maybe that's the calibration. That's yeah. the that's the questions you ask at the beginning when you're setting up the polygraph. Sure. It's like, are right. you a banana? It's like, well, <laughs> uh, yes. Huh. Okay. See, he's not. He's not a banana. Give me a banana. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, this has been fun. I um, we actually didn't talk about the movie all that much, but I I don't know what to say. I'm not embarrassed. I just. It felt like another episode of the show. Yeah. In the best way possible. Yes. It felt like a, um, you know, in Britain they do like these Christmas episodes. It felt like a Christmas episode. Yes, it did. If there was a a tree in the ball at the end, it would have been a Christmas episode. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely worth seeing if you're a fan of Downton Abbey. Uh, If you're a fan of us, you can find us on social media places like Facebook and Twitter. I want to remind you that we have a discussion discord. Yes. Why do they call it discord? Just to mess you up, I think. Well, uh, I am because you're because you're having a discord like but doesn't that sound like it does like you're you're strumming a guitar and like you strum it wrong or something like that my hometown <laughs> uh yeah anyway we have a discord for the network uh, yes. we also have sub channels for all the different shows on that network uh to direct your talk to but it's not hard and fast you can talk about anything you want so yeah. join us and other people, uh, fans of virtual theater and fans of craft services, which I literally have to push the button and it will uh, fire. So we'll be coming back for sure this week. No mm-hmm. lie. And our other shows, uh, the Trek that is not to be named, <laughs> uh, whatever it is that you have a hankering for, you can definitely discuss on our Discord. So join us there. Follow the show. Subscribe to the show if you haven't yet on your service of choice. Mm-hmm. And give us a review because we'd appreciate hearing from the fans and the reviews. They, they help. They really do help. Yes. Um, I know for, we've gotten a couple more. Um, I keep meaning to, uh, in the future, from this point, if you leave us a rating or a review, uh, we will definitely call you out on the show. Yeah. Um, I keep remember, forgetting to collate those, but we've been getting more and more, and we really appreciate it. And it does help us to have a nice high rating and some good reviews on there. So mm-hmm. thanks for that, audience. Uh, most important is that rating. When you give us a high five something or other rating, uh, we shoot up in the ranks. That's right. And all those computers know... These guys doing good job. <laughs> Send them down to Steel Street. <laughs> and uh, we can move up and get exposure on more lists to more people. So give us 
five draughts of sleeping potion from Hathorns or something like that? Uh, yeah. Or, as far as body yeah. sovereignty goes, yeah. wouldn't Anna be the one who probably most <laughs> respect? Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, he was French and a jerk, but drugging him? Come I know, on. I know, right? Yeah. It's, uh, but it's it a little hard to believe. Done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite moment, or one of my favorite moments when the, the whole caper comes off. And it's something about like Carson, there's Carson creep as the show goes on because he's almost a villain in, in the early seasons. Yes. Everything that must be kept from him. He's just going to get mad. And then later on, they keep getting him to do things that he would never do. But right. I guess like the, in the character movie. softens. And in the movie is the ultimate one. Yes. We're going to hijack and kidnap like the king's staff. And so they do it all. And, and Mrs. Hughes is like, uh well can you believe it and he's like i can't believe it what a horrible thing that we would even do this she's like but it meant we should have done it though and he's like they deserved it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was really great so um give us five stars uh and we'd appreciate that we'll be back next week to talk about something else and until then we're signing off i'm your host caliban i'm your co-host mikan keep the geek fires burning